Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Warcast. And it almost feels like it's been about 50 episodes since we recorded last. I mean, what was it? May? April? May? I think we were we were all in a in a virtual conference uh, environment, getting the the latest talk on news coming out of the Bespoke Guardian Swindon Wildcats and the world of the National League. But Tom, Joe, how was summer? Hot, in a word, hot. Um, yeah, no, it's good. It's it's good to be back. Um, I feel like it's gone quickly, that's for sure. But equally, it does feel like an age ago that we were talking about the end of the last season and suddenly, you know, we're sitting here on a Monday four or five days away from the first game of the new season so yeah but yes hot would be my underlying memory of this summer how about you joe <laughs> i presume the answer to this is hotter mm. say, who the hell are you guys <laughs> I, I recognize voices but who i don't know just... i go away for three months you don't write you don't call <laughs> i feel like you don't want me anymore boys no, we do. We do. We absolutely do. It's just been one of them month, months, one of them summers where I don't know about you two, but I just needed to switch off for a bit. It just felt like a chaotic end to last season. Well, I, I wonder how much of that was it was the first time we actually had an end to a season for yeah. four years. <laughs> yeah, the last couple of years we kind of finished around, uh, well, Thanks to COVID, we finished in March and it was quite nice. That's usually the time where it properly just takes it a bit too far. The weeks are a bit too long. But hey, we're back. And like like you said, Tom, four days away from or four, four, yeah, four or five days away now from preseason with Bristol and then obviously Telford the following weekend. Boys, let's let's look at where the Wildcats lineup is. We've not talked about many of the signings we made this summer. Um, we could probably talk for hours um, about the guys we signed, but where do we think the roster's shaping up? And we'll come on to some other teams shortly after this. Um, yeah, so I guess starting, we start off with the players who've gone. That seems a sensible way to look at it, not the guys who aren't back. So obviously... Leon Lydiard um, retiring for almost an entire off-season. I was going to say, I love the fact entire that he's retired and returned since we last recorded. Yeah, I know. It's um, it's really quite a spectacular effort. Um, but yeah, obviously, Neil Lydiard now moved to the Chelmsford Chieftains, Sam Smith to the Bristol Pitbulls, Ollie Endicott has gone off to Finland, Emil Sveck and Declan Barmer to Hull, I'm sure I'm missing someone, but that feels like the kind of key departures. And obviously we've had the signings, the return to Swindon of Loris Taylor and Ollie Stone after varying periods away and the arrival of Canadian Colby Tower from um, U-Sports in North America. Come on, say the university. I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation, but is it in Nipissing? Yeah, and I was told, I was told in a pissing. Yeah, I mean there there are just ways to say that without it sounding hilarious. So, apologies if Colby is listening to this. It sounds like it sounds like something you have to say if you're angry and Scottish. 
Yes, yes. Um, so let, let, let's get Rennie Maher on. Yeah, Rennie Maher, Rennie Pelusi, give us a shout. But but yeah, no. So those those that's obviously the brief overview of you know what we already know. I think the roster's in a reasonable place. I think obviously, I think it's undoubtable to say that there are holes in there since last year. I don't think you can deny the fact that Barmer and Lydia leave a gap on the blue line that. You know, obviously, you've got to replace Emil's goals. Obviously, Colby hopefully will help that and other players will step up and fill that in. So there's definitely change. And I think we're not alone in having that kind of change across the league. And we'll talk about other teams later. And I think some teams have fared better and worked better and some have not fared as well. But I think the roster's in a reasonable shape. I mean, I think we obviously know... We've got that core group of players coming back again, and we've managed to keep most of the team together. Which, with the arrival of you know a new team, an hour down the M4 is always going to be kind of a key key thing to do. And I think it's understandable as to why, in hindsight, we announced so many of those guys early on, you know, before even the end of last season. So, yeah, I don't think we're in a bad spot comparatively. Um, but yeah. Certainly, it's been a, I guess, a quiet off season in terms of incomings and outgoings. Really, on the face of it, would be my overview. Yeah, I don't think there's been many departures that were necessarily a shock for me. I think no. we we knew a year ago that uh, Lids was gonna. I'm gonna do this for the video. The guys retire. Um, you know, again, Smithy. I think it always made sense. He didn't necessarily get the ice time he probably wanted in Swindon and he spent so much time on that two-way with Bristol the moment they were in the National League it was an easy situation for him to to move over to uh again similarly with with Emil I think there's a lot of fans that, that loved watching him play um but there's also a lot of a lot of feeling that I don't think it just it didn't just click in the way that it probably we hoped it would a year ago um, we see it in the National League and in the Elite League where sometimes players just, for whatever reason, it doesn't click with them and the club. And I think Emil was probably an example of that. I don't think necessarily he was, you know, he wasn't an awful player. He was a good player. And when he when he was on his day, he was fantastic. But it just didn't happen enough to warrant, it, I guess, in Aaron's mind, that that second import slot when you've only got two in the, two in the team, you, they need to be uh, on it the majority of the time and again with Declan Barmer I think it was always a an open secret that he, he commuted from Hull that was never going to be a long-term situation you know with with half a year it's easy to do but you're never going to do that for seven months of the year uh, especially when the news about Hull then came out that a team was on his doorstep so I, I think the departures were all relatively expected and unsurprising uh, and maybe similarly the names that have come in put Colby to one side because you always knew there was going to be a second import who that would be, where they came from you never really know but guys like Loris and Ollie they, they know the Swindon system, they know the coach, the coaching staff here and they know what those guys will bring on the ice as well and you know yeah I think I, like you said I think we're in the right spot, I don't know about your thoughts Joe Um it's like I said, you've got to take it 
the best way you can. Obviously, Lids again retiring. Air quotes that lasted long. I believe. I believe the exact quote he gave uh, when he was in that's where Chelsea the other week was. Uh, I'm doing it to save my marriage because she's already tired of me being at home moping around. But yeah, we've all been there. I mean. I'm, as someone who spends the entire summer playing cricket and then switching over to ice hockey, my missus gets really tired of me that one week I'm around. <laughs> Apparently, I'm really annoying. Um, so, Lids, like I say, I think the fact he's come back out of retirement is a bit of a shock more than anything, but it was never going to be to play for the Wildcats. Like, I get feeling that with his work schedule and just the sheer amount of games they're going to be playing in the National League this year. It just made sense. Like I said, Declan going to Hull is was to be expected. I mean, he was announced to playing for the Hull Jets. Everyone forgets last year in North 2. I think, obviously, when the call came, he was more than happy to stay fit at this kind of level. Um, Ollie Stone coming back is one of the least shocking re-signings I think we've ever had. Same with Loris Taylor being up there as well as the least shocking re-signings ever. I mean, I think both live fairly relatively close to the rink. And obviously, like I say, they know the system, they know the coaches, they know everyone around here. Obviously, the big the big potential elephant in the room is letting Emelsfeck go. And obviously, like I said, there was senses that didn't quite work with the team and obviously fans loved the guy. And it's hard not to when he puts up 35 goals in the National League last year. And like that's something that we haven't really seen like very often in a while, especially at Swindon for a few years. So I think there is potential for it to blow up in our faces if he now goes to Hull with the other import there that we'll talk about in a bit. And lights it up like a Christmas tree because he, like I say, he has all the potential in the world to do that. It's whether or not he has the right application for it this year. Um, and obviously, the arrival of Colby is an interesting one. He is a little, he's a little bit more different than certain inputs we've seen in recent years. He's a little on the smaller side, as I think people have said from yesterday's launch day. Um, think of it this way, though, it's more of a move towards a potential Jonas Hoog type signing more than a Max Burbreyer, Jan Kostel type signing. It's uh, moving away from the physical and realising that probably we need to go more speed rather than big lumbering third line guys potentially. So it's a sign that maybe they've learnt from mistakes that were made last year in a time where teams were getting younger and faster. We got a bit older and slower so now they are moving towards getting that little bit quicker this year. I definitely think speed is one of the was one of the key messages that conversations I've had with Aaron over the summer and we had him on on the last episode we recorded Tom. Yeah, I, I definitely think he wanted to get a quicker team on the ice this year. Yeah, and I definitely think we'll talk about other teams because obviously Colby isn't the only Canadian to come into the league this year. I think that market now being open with the changes in you know the post-Brexit changes to how signings work at national league level and having that North American market open does change up the kind of pool that you're looking at and you can go for those kind of younger guys out of youth sports, out of the NCAA. And um, yeah, obviously we don't know how Colby's going to do. He's had, you know, a couple of training sessions with the boys. I thought he, you know, was at the launch day on Sat on Sunday and, 
you know, showed some nice touches in that. Um, he obviously isn't, you know, yet settled with the team. As I say, he's trained maybe a couple of times, so it's going to take a little while for him to settle. But he and certainly, yeah, there's certainly potential there. And I mean, he's got a good CV behind him, um, despite, you know, being relatively on the young side as imports go. Um I guess this is probably also a good time to talk about the other le- elephant in the room, this one being the big Latvian elephant in the room, um, who, I mean, other than having a spectacular Dr. Robotnik-style moustache at the moment, as I think Ben will, ben will um, attest to from having I've, I've seen... I've seen the photos from yesterday, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that is something quite spectacular. We is the new newest member of the Wildcats Defence Corps, Edgar's Bebris. Um, ben, do you want to lead on this one for a moment? Yeah, I think it kind of took... Uh, there were rumours of it happening over the summer and it took a few people in the, the press conference to, to a surprise a little bit yesterday when uh, when Aaron kind of confirmed that, that Eddie was going to be playing on D this year. Uh, it was a move uh, that Aaron said was initially asked by Eddie uh, at the end of last year to to consider moving him back uh, to defence. It was something he wanted to do and felt he'd be good at it. And then conversations over the summer and, yeah, Eddie's D-man. Um, my initial thoughts are I didn't expect it. I really didn't expect it um, when, when it was kind of first confirmed. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I think he's got the right attributes or some of the right attributes to do it. Um, He's an absolute unit. Trying to get around him is going to be tough. He's fantastic along the boards. His work rate is what he's good at. Um, And I think it's going to be tough for forwards to get past him. I think you look at someone like the other big unit I can compare him to is someone like Lee Jameson, who did a similar move is a similar size guy, isn't necessarily the quickest in the world, but uses his attributes and what he's got to his potential and is actually an effective defenseman in his own end, as well has that ability to move the puck, get the puck up the ice a bit quicker than maybe some of the the other defensemen. Um, I guess the downside of it is you're taking away a part of the second line, which, okay, last year wasn't the most productive, but two or three years ago, was fantastic. That second line at times were unplayable. We all remember that game against Peterborough where Eddie Toms and CJ just destroyed the Phantoms on their own. And um, you just look at it and go, I guess you wait and see because there's the ability to add something to, I think, the Wildcats defensive core that we haven't had since Sam Jones left. Uh, And equally, you are taking one of your better forwards out of the top six. So my view is I see the logic and I really hope it works well because I think if it does, that's a kind of diamond in the rough kind of move over the summer that will just work for us. But time will tell. And I guess we'll see when Bristol come to town at the weekend. Yeah, I think it's definitely a risk. 
I guess it's a high risk, high reward move, isn't it? In the end of the day, we've seen guys make that transition before over the years around the UK. You mentioned Jameson. I mean, other guys off the top of my head, Lee Richardson, Russ Cowley, Stuart Mogg. You know, there's a few guys there who've made that kind of transition from being a forward to a D-man. Even in the NHL, you look at someone like Dustin Bufflin who made that move, won a Stanley Cup as a forward and then won another one as a D-man. So it's it's what it is. Now, as I think, yeah, I don't really think I can add a lot to what you said there, Ben. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a high-risk, high-reward move. Um, be interesting to see how it plays out. Joe, any anything further? Uh, yeah, again, it's one of those boom or bust kind of decisions. Like Ben said, Eddie's got all the attributes and all the size, physicality side of it to play D, but then you are also losing someone off that top, off that second line, which is from last year completely destroyed now. It's just Chris Jones staring like the John Travolta meme. Just, you know, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> My line mate's gone. Where is, where is everybody? So we don't know what's going to happen there. Obviously, the two import on the ice rule might mean that, you know, Aaron goes full nuclear option, has himself Colby and Tomash. I think we'll probably see the start of the year. Colby might start with CJ, just in terms of having more passer on the wing, and then you have Colby there with him. Um it has the potential to be a moment of pure genius if it is allowed to be. Because we've been banging on about it for years that the one thing we haven't had since Sam Jones or in the National EPL era, Aku Pekarinen, a defenseman who can pass the puck and carry it out of defense and we don't have to, you know, have kittens about what's going to happen at the other end. Like, the scoring Dean men in this league are gold dust. You look at all of the ones that did well last year. You look at, you know, the usual suspects, Tom Morton, like I said, Lee Jameson. But then you look at someone like Ed Bradley at the Bees, who put up 40 points and has now moved on, who did a similar job. Eddie Bebris is the perfect guy you could have to quarterback that power play now. Aaron, love you to bits. Get off that quarterback job. <laughs> Your job should now be, I'm going to line up and smash it as hard as I can. Let Eddie run the point. Let him be the guy. Because he can play defense. He can move the puck. He can do all of that stuff. It just It's small little tweaks that we need once again. It has the potential, if it is allowed to, to be great. It's just whether or not we kind of resort back into old habits and it doesn't succeed. Yeah, I think I think that's entirely fair. I, I really do. Like I said, I... When when I first heard uh, or when I first read the rumor that the cats were going to be moving forward back to D, I was kind of like, I don't know who it's going to be. And then when it was kind of revealed, it will or let on it might have been it was going to be Eddie. Uh, it quickly clicked in my mind he was probably the only one I'd consider to do it. Um, and like Joe said, I think you've got to if you're going to go with that, you've got to stick your guns on it and go with that. You either you've got to commit fully otherwise it's otherwise eddie is going to be i don't want to say confused because i don't mean it like that but if he's a d-man you play him as a d-man he is your d-man you can't after a couple of weeks when things may may or may not have been clicking i don't know how it's going to go you can't then chuck him back on the second line and say right let's revert to the old style because you've got to stick with it the thing is, we could sit here all night and draw up possible line combinations for the Wildcats to go into the preseason or even the first weeks of the season. Eddie being on D makes sense, but they have to give him time to play that D man role, like you said. 
Yeah. And you have it, to- it has to be at least through October. You either let, have to throw him out there and let him soar like Eddie the Eagle, or you have to let him go out there and fall flat on his face like Eddie the Eagle. Um, it's it's one of those things. Fantastic has analogy. To, thank you. <laughs> it's one of those things. It has to be done. You you have to let give him a go. You, it's not one of these things where you you know decide that two weeks of preseason is enough to go. Actually, yeah. Yeah, because then that creates whole new issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got to. And I think as a fan base and as a coach yourself as a team, you know, I think the coaches, Aaron and Pitchy, are in the same position, but also the fans as well. We have to accept that the chances are, in in real game action, he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to cost us some goals initially. It's going to happen, and we can't get on his back because of those mistakes, there's going to be teaming it. You know, you're asking a guy who's played his entire career in one position to play a different position, and there's going to take a little bit of time um, to adapt. And, yeah, we can't throw him under the bus for that first loose pass that ends up with a goal the first time he jumps up into the play and gets caught out in a two-on-one going the other way. If you want a guy like that, for example, Stuart Mogg at the Bees, when he first came to league, when he was with Basingstoke, had that exact same problem. He could see that he was still trying to play forward and it did cost the Bison at times. Now, he's one of the best D-men in this league. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly that. And I think, like like Joe said, we could talk for hours about line combinations and matchups and all that kind of stuff. And to be honest, I'm just going to say, let's wait and see what Friday brings. Uh, I think the majority of Cats fans are probably going to expect to see what they'll probably end up seeing. I don't know. I don't know the line combinations Aaron's got, but you know there's going to be pairs that get, like like Joe said, you're going to expect that Colby's going to be playing with Chris Jones. You're probably going to expect that Aaron's going to be playing with Thomas Malazinski. It's going to be those... The- Rennie Mars playing third line right wing. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. Ben Nethersells, you're starting that mind. That kind of stuff is going to be expected. Um, but... We joke, obviously, but yeah, you know you're going to see Aaron and Thomas. You're probably going to see CJ and Colby. It's going to be the combinations in and around those that are going to be slightly different, and they'll change. They that's the point of the challenge games. You know, we they should change over the course of the Bristol weekend and and the Telford weekend. Is there anything else either you want to add on the Cats roster before I say let's jump into someone else? I think there's one just one other thing to add and that is as noticed by probably most people at the launch day but I don't know how much was it was discussed Tyler Plews with the A on his jersey which I think is just a fantastic decision and I don't know you know I think if you're looking obviously you've got to replace Neil Lydiard in that A A role and yeah Plews he just comes across as a guy who can be a real leader in that locker room both I think I think the reason why it wasn't brought up was because there were so many logos on that jersey, you couldn't <laughs> see the A. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, on that one. But... <laughs> yeah, that, no, I think uh, Tom is, yeah, is spot on that. Um, Plosey with the A is, once Lid's retired, I think, I know Tom and I spoke about this kind of, in the rink, I think one period break, like who was going to get the letter next year. I think we, but I think we both said the same thing. I think we both said we'd pick Plusy, 
but we probably expected it to be Floyd. Yeah, I thought that's we think- kind of what I was expecting. Um, you know, and Clusey, love the guy to bits. He's been an absolute. He, there's probably only two players that have come to Swindon and had the kind of impact on the fan base that Plusey's had, and the only other guy was Bully. Um, and yeah, yeah, certainly really, Brit wise, I, mean, I guess. Brit wise, just as a character. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Brit wise. Obviously, we had Yanni as well. Had that rather big impact as other players <laughs> like Udi and Thomas and all those guys. But in terms of yeah, a Brit, it was the way he's come to Swindon moved his entire well life here and i don't think that guy's ever going to be leaving until he retires but hey watch him i don't know move somewhere else in three years time and shut me up on that one yeah i think yeah i I just think in terms of if you're looking for a guy who on our current roster who has you know a great character you know he's he's a great character as you say he's popular fans he's popular he seems to be popular the team you know he's got actually but also plays you know 100 consistently gives it all every every game then i think pluzy is your guy you know i don't think you can ever doubt his commitment to to you know the team um so yeah i think that's why it's such a you know it was such a good call to give him that you know leadership role i think that was the last thing i had to say on the cats roster and then you know stuff out of the launch day and everything Cool. Well, I'm going to say, Joe, unless there's anything else from yourself, I'm going to ask you which team you want to talk about first, because we would usually have like maybe rehearsed this, but we would have planned this out. What should I just like spin a wheel or something? Yeah. See what it lands on. Yeah. I mean, well, should we do? Should we go top? Should we go top down or bottom up? Um, let's go bottom up, and we'll leave the two new teams till last. Well, especially since we play one of them. Right, yeah. so it is... Almost convenient, isn't it? Yeah, almost. So, the Raiders Ice Hockey Club. Um, They've been busy. I will say that in the least. Obviously, there is new, new everything, really. Uh, for just in terms of the signings to the defence, uh, Elliot Dewey moves over from the Bison. Ethan Reed, who I love has moved over from the Chelsea Chieftains in South One. He was brilliant for them last year. He moved down from the Murrayfield Racers. Yes, man. I promise I'm not going to do this to every team when we go for all the sign-ins, but are we effectively saying that Ethan Reed has been replaced by Neil Lydiard? Yes. Very different no. signings. Very different. Ethan Reed, you know, very, very strong on the park again. Puck moving defenseman, scored a load of points for the Chieftains last year. I think he was above 30 in the end. And they've replaced him with Neil Lydiard, who will be taking so many holding penalties. It's unreal. Uh, forwards, TJ Anderson gets his full-time co- his full-time contract. I'll say that right word this time. Uh, Harry Gulliver joins from the Manchester Storm, and he breathed a spell with the Leeds Knights. I can't remember. Is he on a two-way here with the Raiders, or is it just a straight-up? Straight-up. Not aware straight of uh, again, very high potential there. Could be one of the better forwards on that team. Ashley Jackson moves up from the Invicta Dynamos. This is a signing for me that is interesting. Jackson is very good in terms of just being like the hand-eye coordination, stuff like that, the ability to pick passes out. I mean, he played one game in Solon last year and Shane, like, there's the one game the Dynamos won. Yes, Tom? I, I think with, with Jackson, I guess it all comes down to availability, doesn't it? 
because yeah, that that was what I was going to get into. For, for those who don't, okay, for those who don't know, Jackson is a. Is he still on a GB international? But he's a no, he, he is a former GB international. He does still play field hockey. I believe he is coaching at a school as well. Um, anytime you can bring in someone who's been to an Olympic Games, it's always quite fun. Uh, Mikey Power moves over from Norton Keynes. Let's hope he plays a full season with one club and doesn't get suspended for half a year. Uh, they also have the return, somewhat, question mark, of Blaslav Novak from Norway. This was an interesting signing that they made it a big thing and gave it the eye emojis on Twitter and then sort of announced that he'll play when he can because he's still coaching in Norway. Um, all power to him. That's commitment under half. He is a fantastic player. He is a little bit hot-headed for my liking. But why would you want to play back? Well, like, why would you want to come back to Romford if you're still in Norway? And how are you affording that in airfare? That's yeah. mad. Um, Eric Piertak is back to take on the import slots. And the second import slot is taken up by Canadian Ryan Shaw, who moved over from U Sports? I get the easier university, the University of Windsor. Oh, we'll try and make you miss that. He also played in Belgium for Herentals, where he scored 11 points in eight games. It's another interesting signing for me. Again, it's U Sports is very difficult to kind of judge just in terms of everything. Like, there's so little to compare it to. You've seen guys who come out of U Sports go straight to the Elite League, and mostly we're now starting to see them come into the National League. Um, Oh, one signing I did forget is Ben Clements is also signed up for the Raiders as the third string goalie slash assistant coach. Uh, that's a return to him. That feels like a very safe third string goalie to pick, given the injury problems that both Brad Winderbank and Ethan James had last year. Yeah, I think the Raiders have been absolutely cursed with net-minding injuries in the last couple of seasons, well, injuries in general, but particularly net-minding injuries in the last couple of years. Um, I mean... In terms of my view of the Raiders roster, I don't know what you think, Joe, but I think they've got better. I really they've got better. I, I, I've been impressed with their business. I, I, Again, I'm not it's... necessarily saying they're going to be a title contender, but I think they've made some really good, really particularly guys like Gulliver. I think that's a really smart move. Even mm-hmm. Reed looks a good pickup. So I think it's up and down all ends of the ice. It's a lot more solid. We said last year there were times where, particularly defensively, it was either brick wall or it was Swiss cheese. Yeah. They were either amazing or they were terrible. There was no middle ground. And this year it's it seems a lot more solid. There's a lot more depth there as well, both at both ends of the ice. I really want to see what Harry Gulliver does over a full season long schedule. They need to stay healthy this year. Injuries murdered them last year. It's yeah. One of the main reasons they completely fell off a cliff was just the sheer amount of injuries and the sheer game time lost was insane. So I think staying healthy, giving people a chance, watch out for Harry Gulliver. I'll be interested to see what this Ryan Shaw guy does. There's reasons to be optimistic, which is the, the thing you want. And especially with this year, like it's even more of a dogfight. It's not going to go, it could still go down to the last week in the season, but instead of it being, you know, nine, eight teams fighting, or sorry, nine teams fighting for eight spots, it's 11 teams fighting for eight spots. Like the room for error here has gotten a lot smaller. It has, but I would say, despite being, you know, ninth out of nine last year, I'm not necessarily going in for predictions, but I would say I would not be, I would not be surprised to see the Raiders make that eight 
make that top eight this year. I would have them there at the moment for pre-season. I think yeah. there are a couple of teams who are worse. Yeah, definitely. I, I, they I are probably they, right on the edge. Yeah, they'll be one of those teams on the bubble battling and potentially this might be, but you just, if they can stay healthy, I think they've got a good chance to make that cut, but we'll see. So, the bees. You not have any thoughts on the Raiders there, Ben? Feel free to actually... Honestly, it was it was more the fact that you guys have just pretty much nailed that. Yeah. Um, yeah I, my thoughts on the Raiders are pretty much echoed by exactly what you two have just said. And I'm sure I, with the amount of teams you've got to talk about, there's not much point in me echoing the same thing. Fair enough. I, I will say this, though. It is the fun of, before we even click record on this, Tom said... Let's not do predictions of who's going to finish yes. where. I didn't. And then immediately the says, the Raiders are going to. No, what I said, what I did say was, we're not. I don't want to do a one to eleven prediction because I think it's just too up in the air. But yeah, we'll we'll cross that bridge maybe after preseason. Yeah, maybe. Right, we move across London to Slough and the Bees, and this is one of the more interesting summers. Uh, they lose Ed Bradley, more on him later. At the moment, as of, you know, uh, seven o'clock on the 29th of August, they have four D-men on the books, one of which is listed as being part-timer Joe Baird. The other three are Luke Jackson, Stuart Mogg and Harvey Stead. Harvey Stead, who, again, had a brilliantly underrated season last year. Uh, forwards, it's the returns of Alan Lack. He returns from last year. He was previously with the Romford Junior Raiders. He obviously has spent years at this level with Peterborough and Bay Oak and Bees. You have JJ Pitchley moving over from Raiders to give them a little bit more bite because they were obviously lacking, you know, in people who would throw the body around and potentially score points from a second or third line spot. Uh, Adam Rossbottom gets a full-time season, but he immediately is away for, I think it was the first two months, was it? On Navy duty? Yeah, on I duty, think it was one of the two. November due to his commitments with the RAF. This led to the return of James Galazzi, who another was retired. Another short retirement. I wonder if it's the same reason as Lids. We'll find out soon enough. And Dan Rose moves up from the Slough Jets. He has previously played for the Bees in the EPL era. Rose, another player who had a very solid season or has been solid for the last two years for the Jets. Uh, in terms of imports, it's Dominic Goodbye, who will routinely still be in that top five import in this league at the moment uh, conversation. And new signing, Brendan Walkham, who comes straight out of the NCAA and Bentley University in Massachusetts, where he was an alternate captain last year. Uh, the Bees, again, they feel like where they were at this time last year, they felt a little short, but they're waiting because there's going to be player movement in this first month. There are some teams who have so many players that it's going to cause issues, and they're basically going to wait until they can pick up people like a Zane McKenzie, like they did last year. I think for me, the glaring gap is the defense. The D's, well, I, I, I've had this conversation with Tom Offer as well. It's like, you know, the B's having four D men at the moment is a sign of two things. One, the fact that there is now 11 teams means. Demon are spread even thinner than what yes. they are already. And it doesn't help when a certain team we'll get onto later already has nine signed up. Yeah. I do wonder, and I, I guess we'll see, 
I wonder if there's an Eddie Bebris in that lineup somewhere. I wonder if there's somebody who's listed as a forward. If there is, if there is an Eddie Bebris, the name that would leap out for that is Josh Martin. It has to. It has to be just in terms of big guy that you can't. Other get name around. I had, and I don't know if Tom's going to say it's the same name as me, is maybe Willstead. Yeah, I, I say that because I think he played some D last year, and I vaguely remember I'm just pulling it up his signing press release. Um, Doug Shepard did reference him as a top six forward and top four D man. So potentially you see him get that opportunity to get some minutes on D. That uh, would also be really confusing if they pair him with his brother. His brother, yeah. <laughs> Stead, to Stead, to Stead, back to Stead. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the uh, that's the thing. I think you look at that that lineup. There's there's twelve forwards there already. Um, maybe but, they're looking. Arguably, maybe. then arguably, if you move Will, if you argue there's twelve forwards on that roster, but then one of them is Galaxy, one of them is Rock's bottom, so that takes you down to eleven. If Stead's back on D, it's ten. Yeah. It's still only it, puts, it puts you in the same roster position that the Wildcats are in 10 forward 16 men at that point. Yeah, well, and well then similar, the, 10 and 5. 10 and 5, yeah. Potentially, though, yeah, this is at the time of writing this, of um, recording, there still may be movement around that team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, then, who remembers who was seventh? Um, Basingstoke? Yeah. It is the Basingstoke Bison, <laughs> and Again, one of the more interesting summers. It kind of was all just re-signings until the last week, week and a half, where we've got uh, Edgar's Landsbergs moving over from the Milton Keynes Lightning and Adrian Dujnik moving up from the Guildford Phoenix. Dujnik uh, was, it was Okanagan, I think he was at, wasn't it, for a time? Yeah, yeah he had a couple of years at OHA. Um, other than that, it's... You know, the same again for the Bison, really. Lord A. Metam in goal. You've got Brendan Bird's back. Adam Jones, again, one of the Premier D-men in this league. Jay King's back. Josh Kelly moves over from the Bees. There's one I forgot because I'm used to him being a Bison. Uh, Aidan Doughty stays on. Zach Milton returns to George Norcliffe. And the big question mark again is the import. We've only got the one in the Bison land at the moment, and it's coming for a bit of stick in Marcel Balaz. Uh, moves over from the French second division which is a division they didn't exactly have the best recruiting from last year with one Philip Martinek. So I'm going to copy and paste the exact quotes I gave last year about Martinek. I'm going to say it about Balaz here. He is going to go one of two ways. He is either going to be brilliant, like he is Michael Cerny, or he is going to be gone by Christmas. Like and in my defence, yeah, like he's Philip Martinek. And in my defence, I was a bit far off with Martinek. He wasn't brilliant. He was gone by October, not Christmas. I mean, Balash, in in his, I say, in his defence, in kind of the defence of the signing of Balash, he's taken more of a traditional route to the UK, I would say, than um, Martinek. He's come from, he's come, you know, most of his career in the Slovakian second tier. Um, and then a couple of years in France, um, whereas Martinek had bounced around some odd is the wrong word, but leagues that we don't necessarily see guys get recruited from very often. And yeah, um, I think Balash, the question with Balash will be his age, it's whether the wheel, the, you know, the legs are going, but he's going to have to, and he's going to have to, st- he's going to have to stand up because. They've lost Alex Roberts. They've lost Adam Harding. They've lost some... Really Actually, good... Tate. Actually, He's going to have to score about 400 points. Yeah, they've lost a lot of points. So 
there will be, I'm sure there will be a second import coming, but there's going to be pressure on Balash and whoever that import is that at the time of recording is unannounced, but hopefully will be announced relatively soon if you're a Bison fan, because, you know, the league starts soon in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but yeah, I feel like gold, where maybe defence was the question in the world of the bees, in the world of the Bison, possibly goals at the moment would be my one concern about that team because defensively they look pretty solid um, and net minding is good the net minding is as good a duo as you're going to get at this level I have as a three, duo I have three questions I'm going to ask you guys about Basingstoke and I think yes, the ring is still falling down no that was the fourth um, I I think it's going to be relatively easy to to kind of answer do you think they're one of the team in the South that's probably been affected by the extra team the most. Yes. Not necessarily guys leaving them. Yeah, okay, three or four have, but the guys you'd think they'd look at replacing have also gone elsewhere. It's tough. I mean, so ignore the Ashley Tate one. The Ashley Tate one has no effect. That a Retirement doesn't really... Affect. Retirement is retirement. As you've yeah. mentioned, Ashley Tate, my second question is, do you think he steps foot on the ice this season? I think he kind of has to. Yeah, I think injuries are going to bite at some point, and he's the first guy you look at as injury cover. Um, go, going back to question one, I'm not sure if it's a case of they've struggled the most. I think it's just a case of they've tried to keep the majority of what they had. You know, Metaman Lauday is a solid one, one A, one B. Minor partnership. The defense was solid at times. It was goal scoring that was the problem for them last year. You then lose. Alex Roberts, you then lose Adam Harding. Harding was, you know, is Cardiff-based, I still believe. I think he is there. So, obviously, you know, saving on travel time, that's brilliant. Alex Roberts, depending on which rumour you believe, was offered one of the largest wedges of cash that the league has seen. So, would be done to take that offer. So, that's two big losses already on that team. And... Again, it almost feels like it's a harsh trade. You know, you look Adam Harding and Alex Roberts for Edgars Landsbergs and Adrian Dzerzhnik. It feels like it's the worst trade that you'd get offered on NHL or Eastside or whichever game you play where you have a trade machine that generates just absolute dross. Um, I'd like to think there is obviously upside there. They are young kids. They're going to get opportunities. They're going to have to. I'll be interested to see. It just it strikes me as it's going to be more of a defensive system in Basingstoke anyway this year. They are going to try and win games 2-1 like they used to years ago. You just feel like they are a couple of forwards, sure, and Ashley Tate will probably have to come back at some point to help fill that gap. I, think, I, yeah. I don't think the recruiting is anything to do with anything like that. I think every team in the uh-huh. South has struggled with Bristol coming in. Every team yeah, in the North has struggled think- with Hull coming in. I didn't necessarily mean struggle like to recruit. It just feels like the team that have been impacted the most is an invasive stuff, if you get what I mean. They've they've definitely well obviously you, when you lose Harding and Roberts, then yeah, they've been impacted the most. I think it's more just not it's not such a basis so I think because I say you pick Dijnick up, you pick Landsbergs up. Yeah. I think it's more of a whole league thing that yeah. with there being two extra teams, essentially you're losing minimum, say, 30 roster spots to those two teams. That means 30 players are going to be moving around. There has, in places, been an unwillingness from the teams 
to maybe look at South One and North One for players that they can bring up to fill those gaps. Yeah. Um, on on Tate, before we move on to question three, whatever that was, um, we say he won't play. We say he'll play, and I do believe he will. He's given his number away. <laughs> Looking at the roster list, Marshall Ballas is wearing 21. So he's getting, he's giving himself a new number if he um, does play again this year. Yeah, fair point. My, my or he can just or he can just sack him before he comes back. <laughs> yeah, Marcel, you get your new number this week. My third question is a little bit more a rhetoric one, but where's Alex Samford? Good question. And one why he, if if he's put pen to paper? Why are we waiting until nearly September for that guy to be announced? Why, why are we waiting until two weeks before the first game of the season for it mm. to be announced? Because they also yeah. put a list out of their departures. And he wasn't on that list. And I don't think he was on that list. No, he wasn't. It's a very good point, because I kind of just assumed that he'd signed or been announced. I'm, I'm, I'm all for, you know, leaving your, one of your big signs last and having, you know, like a big ta-da kind of thing. But there's leaving it late, and then there's taking the mickey. Particularly when you still got an import to announce as well. Like that can be your yeah. last ta-da. I signing, mean, the thing, the, like, like we've kind of said before, we before we swiftly move on. Like the conversation has been about Basingstoke, the lack of potential forward depth. If that guy's put pen to paper, he's a big tick in that box. It looks again. Is again. It looks weak as of now. Like I said, as of recording, you know, Monday yeah. the 29th, That Bison lineup does look. Yeah, if they add Alex Rupi. and an import this week, this conversation is completely different. Oh yeah, but yeah. Anyway, great. We'll have to do another edit. Yeah, that that was one I just uh, I just spotted on that list. Anyway, that was my questions about Basingstoke. So uh, let's let's move up a spot. Right. The PT Borough Phantoms uh, goalies, it's almost the same as it was last year. Jordan Marr probably taking 98% of games. Ryan Bainborough sitting on the bench. They now have a third choice in Tyler Delabatouche, who played some games for the Raiders, was due to play a load of games for the Romford Junior Raiders last year, but basically had to play up because of the amount of injuries. Uh, one of the, I would say, one of the highest rated goalie prospects in the country right now, when you look at it, him being. 16, 17, I don't know how old it'll be at the start of the season. I think it's 17. I could be wrong. But, again, he has gotten time. He has looked good in games. 17 November. He is on a two-way with the Invicta Dynamos in South 1 because, that side note, that Dynamos team has three goalies, all of them under the age of 18 this year. Uh, on defence, again, it's the same names that you've been seeing for the last couple of years. Tom Barry, Brad Barring, Callum Buglis, Joe Gretton, Tom Walton, Scott Robson. It's Every Phantoms defense you've seen since the Slava Kulikov era took off, it is going to be solid. It is going to wear you down by hitting you like a train, and it is just going to grind you into boredom. Up front, again, it's the same as it was before with a couple of additions. Austin Mitchell King, who's over from Telford, uh, arguably one of the one of the signings of the season last year, could be one of the signings of the season this year, depending on how well he fits in. Again, you've got a team that is sacked with talent. Glenn Billing is back. Duncan Spears, again, one of the top goal scorers in the league. Again, staying fit is going to be one of these things the Phantoms have to have. You know, Corey McEwen is back in. Um, he played, I think, less than a dozen games last year just due to injuries. So if you can get a full year of Corey McEwen back, that immediately elevates the team. 
In terms of imports, Alice Padlack is back for his 22nd season in Peterborough. Keeps going and going and going. And they have a signing from the Raiders in Lucas Sladkowski, who is every week people, hi Anthony, complaining that Lucas Sladkowski doesn't do anything else in an import role. If you go and actually look at the numbers he had with the Raiders last year, you'll see he does a lot more. And he is a very Slava Kulikov signing in that he has probably goes under the radar, will do a job, and will not surprise me if he gets 50 to 60 points this year easy. Oh, and there was one other guy Peter Brassigned. I was not going to let you forget that. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, I knew that one was coming. What, the, what are the... What, where is... Um, what where is Austin Mitchell King the signings of the summer? Yeah. I was going to say, whereas Austin Mitchell King might be one of the signings of the summer, Ralph Sassenis might be one of the most interesting and talked about signings of the summer. Joe, I think you're familiar with him. I, I vaguely that? remember the fact this. Did you expect to be recording an episode coming into a new National League season and seeing Ralph's in the National? Yes and no. Um, Ralph Sassenis is an incredibly talented forward at this level. He could arguably be one of the best forwards at this level, just in terms of pure goal-scoring ability. The problem Ralph has is his attitude sucks. I've seen, like, this kid is amazing. He's t- He tore up South 1 in 1920 before COVID. He tore it up in 2021 before uh, he, he had to leave. 21-22, he started off the season on fire. There was a point with the Devils where he was still the top goal scorer three months after he left. That's how good he was before he went to Sweden. He has had a, had a sign for the Bison when he was 18, I think it was famously gassed after preseason. He then signs for Sheffield before COVID happens. And then that contract is just sort of let go and he's allowed to return to us. Now, make of that what you will. I know there's plenty of rumours and stories about why he was let go, which makes sense or don't make sense to me, but it's all a matter of opinion. Ralph Sennis going to Peterborough again is <laughs> either the best signing you're going to see this season and he's going to score 30 goals or he is going to be gassed before Christmas. There is no middle ground with this kid. He is insanely talented. I mean, you've both... Actually, I don't know if Ben... Tom has seen him play. You can see that he has the ability to play this level against her, against Streatham, I think, was a game you came down to in that one. But the problem is, is he has to fix other issues. He has the shortest fuse I've ever seen. And I've watched Mitch Murray... He has a he has a shorter fuse than Mitch, which is insane. And there is so many things. Obviously, Spitgate was one of the things from last year. And one of these days, I will be in the right place of mind to actually talk what went happened that night. And right now, I'm still not in that place just yet. There is so many things. But... I do believe in this kid. Yes, he's got history. Yes, he's got a backstory. Yes, he has an absolute target on his back with some of the biggest 
meanest players in this league already, and we haven't even got to puck drop yet. But I will die on this hill that says if he is not, if he's given an opportunity and he can fix everything in terms of, you know, all the cheeky little other stuff he does, that he could easily score 30 goals, 70 points this year. Hot take, I know. It is a hot take. And I'm going to ask you this question because you're probably the best, the best person qualified to answer it. Peterborough have got, according to Elite Prospects, three goalies, eight defensemen and 13 forwards. Do you think they've covered themselves if it doesn't go right? Is that partly why he's there? Has he gone to a team in the National League who have a lot of forward depth? And if the worst was to happen, Slava can kind of cut ties and go, you know what? I've still got four lines of forwards. I don't want to say yeah. luxury signing because I don't think he is. But does it cover you to be able to do that? It Rather absolutely covers. Like the B, he's yeah. playing top line, and he will, he will hurt them if they cut him. He absolutely. He is. He is. Like I say, it's not a luxury thing, but he is covered if it doesn't work. The thing is, if he's given the opportunity, he will succeed. And again, like I say, if he cuts him, if you're someone like the Bees who may be a little light on that, and you want someone who's going to score your goals, there's your fix straight away. And before we before we move on, I think just to say, if anyone is going to get the best out of a guy like Ralphs, then it's going to be Slava Kulikov. And equally, it's, if anyone's going to not take that kind of nonsense, it's Slava Kulikov. But he's going into the coach who's going to give him the best opportunity to succeed, I think, within the league. I would like, I, I just want to see him get given a chance, even if it's, you know, seven weeks to the end of October. We're writing a kid off at this level because of two games. I think I, I, I genuinely think Slava will give him a chance when you look at the way that roster's built. Um, who's next? <laughs> he says well, not knowing who's next. He says not knowing. We're going to the Money Kings. I mean, Milton Keynes Lightning uh, for their 22-23 roster. Uh, in goal, Jordan Headley signs for, for the Lightning, returns there from... I think he's on a two-way with the Coventry Blaze still. I think he's still listed as being eligible in like an in-case-of-emergency break-glass goalie. Yeah. Um, I, I feel Matt Smith's been done really dirty there. There were times when last year when Matt Smith was brilliant, and now he's a backup again. Oh, dear, MK, what are you doing? Uh, in terms of defence, it's the same again, because if it ain't working, don't fix it. Uh, one of these other teams that has nine D-men on their roster... Uh, again, arguably the most exciting one is Malik Martelli. Just hands down, that kid is box office. And also, you get the old heads and old reliables: Lee Jameson, uh, Ross Green, Lewis Christie, James Griffin, Ed Nags, Ben Russell, Sam Russell. Again, you look at that defense. There is no way that they should have been as bad as they were last year. So hopefully they'll be better. Uh, in forwards, again, it's a lot of the same. Bobby Chamberlain with his 70 points last year, 30 goals. You just, again, I always say it. I just wish he'd take just less penalty minutes, less penalty minutes, particularly on a Lightning team that had one of the worst penalty kills in the history of the EPL National League era. You just need to take a few less penalty minutes. I don't think that's harsh of me to say. Zane McKenzie returns after being gassed by the Lightning six weeks into last season. Uh, that'd be interesting to see where he fits in terms of that roster this year. You also have returns players like Sean Norris, Sam Talbot. 
Uh, Liam Stewart, after bizarrely being announced as signing for Greenville in the East Coast Hockey League at one point, is back in Milton Keynes. No idea what happened there, but I'm sure we'll never find out. Max Stewart signs from the Belfast Giants on a two-way. Again, one of the most highly prospect, well, one of the top prospects, I would say. And just in terms of Brits going in the National League, he will be fun to watch. In terms of import slots, you've got Tim Wallace, the former NHL player and Pittsburgh Penguin, is player, coach. I will be interested to see where he slots in now with a full, well, full summer of training under his belt. Obviously, I think he started third line, moved up to the second line at the back end of last year. Put up points. He could be dynamite. His living embodiment of the, the legs may have gone, but the hands are still there. And then one of his old friends in David Sarkanis. I really wanted to make Tom pronounce that, but I was told to get knotted. Uh, he signs from HK Mogo in Latvia, where he put up 46 points in 35 games. He has previously played for the Nottingham Panthers in 2016-17, where he scored six points in 13 games. I get arguably he could be up there for best import in the league this year. I think I you know you asked your three questions yeah, yeah. earlier, Ben. I just want to ask you this one. If they don't win a trophy this year, is this a nuclear level disaster? If they don't win a trophy this year, for me, I think that core has to be blown apart. You've got to look at that. And I don't want to be critical about them too early because, bottom line, I think they will win a trophy this year. I think they'll probably win two or three trophies this year. But if they didn't, you've got to look at guys like... And I'm not picking names because I think they'll be the reasons why, but that core of Jamo, Green, Christie, like that, those guys that were playing in that team that won the EPL, what, 09-10, when, you know, like what point do you start changing things on a drastic scale? Yeah. I mean, I think we're, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because I'm with you, Ben. I think they'll win trophies. I think you look at the, we, we were sat here a year ago and we said, if you looked at the two kind of question marks on that team, you had, is Brandon Stones the guy who's going to support Matt Smittle to backstop a trophy winning team? Is the coaching kind of experienced enough? Is was the coaching staff experienced enough to get the best out of that team? You've now you've changed your head coach. You've brought in a new assistant coach, who by all accounts is pretty highly rated in Joe Wilson, and you've brought in Jordan Headley, who is in the GB setup. Let's not forget he was at the World Championships in Finland as the third netminder for Great Britain. So he's and he's not the same Jordan Headley who left Swindon six, seven, eight years ago. So I think they're going to win trophies. I think they're going to score for fun again. You look at two, you know, you've got Norris, Talbot, Chamberlain, Stewart, Sakenis, Wallace. The list goes on. Rio Grinnell Park's back. If he can stay healthy, there's some speed there. And defensively, I think they're going to be reasonably solid. You know, there's a lot of bodies on that defensive unit, as we've alluded to but there's a lot of talented bodies on that defensive unit. So there's no reason why MK shouldn't win a trophy this year. And I think, you know, they're certainly my pick to win at least one, maybe maybe two or three. Are you Lightning fans? He does like you, really. <laughs> exactly. But no, in, yeah, in all seriousness, like, in, all, 
in all seriousness, in all seriousness, they've they've put together a really, really strong team that's arguably I know the game isn't played on paper and there's all the jokes over previous winner teams that were great on paper, but on paper they are the off season champions, you would say, with the team that they've built. So now it's now the challenge for them is to carry that into the into the season where they're probably going to be a bit of a marked team because of the fact that they've built such a strong roster and teams are going to want to take, put, take them on. Yes, but as the saying goes, some games aren't played on paper, they're played on small ice pads. Exactly. And I will say this, I'm really excited to see Max Stewart. Yeah. Yes. I think he'll fly on that team. Yeah. Right, moving on, we now go up north to the Leeds two-way deal Knights. Uh, Sam Gospel returns one of, if not the best netminder in the league. Uh, again, another team that has nine D-men on it. <laughs> Lots of them on two-way deals. The two-way deals are Dylan here, who is with the Whitley Warriors in North One, and Tommy Spraggan, who's with the Billiam Stars in North One. Two young up-and-coming D-men. It's nice to see him give them a shot. Josh Hopkinson signs from the Belfast SNL Giants. No, not Saturday Night Live. Scottish National League. I'll get that one right before I almost make that mistake. Uh, other than that, it's the same again. It's Lewis Baldwin, Jordan Griffin, Archie Hazeldine, uh, Sam Zajac, and one other new signing, Bailey Perry. I never remember how to pronounce that name. I'm sorry. Uh, from the Bristol Pitbulls. Up front, it's Adam Barnes. It's some guy called Kieran Brown. I don't know if he's any good. Uh, oh, 100 points last year. Uh, he'll do a job, I suppose. Uh, Ethan here, another one of the two-way deals, Damani James from the Bradford Bill- Bulldogs. I said Bulldogs, I'm having a Mary. Uh, from North 2, another one, very good in North 2 last year. Be interested to see what he does in the National League. I believe he's also playing for the Blackburn Hawks this year, but don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Carter Hamill plays for the Knights because this is going to get confusing in the bit. He moves on a two-way from the Belfast Giants. Matt Haywood was one of the more eyebrow-raising signings of the summer. He moves down from the Glasgow clan. Probably immediately becomes, I would go as far as to say, top-line centre or even second-line centre. It doesn't really matter at class. Uh, Finley Braden, another one of the two ideals. He's signed from the Billingham Stars. He was brilliant in the under-18s year for them last year and scored a handful of points in North 1 in the handful of games he played. Could be very good in the future. Watch out for that one. And then, unlike last year, Leeds have imports. More specifically, they have Canadians because, you know, Brexit. Uh, Zachary Brooks is the first one that I've come to. He signs from the ECHL in the Trois-Rivières-Léons, uh, played in the AJHL with the Grand Prairie Storm, 50 points in 60 games last year. Uh, Again, looks a solid pickup. It could be well-being. But Grant Cooper is the name that seems to be sticking out as the bigger one. 22 points to 59 games in the East Coast Hockey League with the Reading Royals. Also comes out of the NCAA playing for Clarkson University. Again, another one in that could be the best import in the league category. Um, The Knights are going to be fun. They're a young team. They're a hungry team. They're going to score goals and they're going to keep them out. It's just, can we get the replication of last year from the likes of Kieran Brown and Adam Barnes again? Yep. I mean, yeah. They're, they're right, an Aldridge team. I mean, there's a lot of off, there's a lot of firepower there, offensively. Um, I mean, for me, Grant Cooper looks money as an import in this league. When you look at that, Steve, if he, if he turns up and, you know, 
plays to the level that his CV says he will, yeah, that's going to be fun for defensemen and netminders to try and stop him because that is some hockey CV. You know, for four solid years, I'm just looking at his four solid years, you know, significantly more points per game than Walcombe than the new sports guys comparative in the comparative um, at NCAA, a full season in the ECHL where he put up reasonable numbers. That's a guy who, that's a guy that you would not be surprised to see playing in the Elite League. There's probably guys who've had worse seasons in the ECHL playing in the Elite League this year. Absolutely. It's an Elite League level signing in the National League. And when you add him to Brown and Barnes and Shudra and others, you know, the goals are there. Gospel's going to, he's going to be one of the best in the league again. Defensively, Young, maybe the area of it, maybe it's like area of inexperience. You know, they've got Sam's age at, but apart from that, that decoy is relatively young. Just looking at it, they're all kind of. 20s, early 20s. So they were they were perfectly area. good though last year. Obviously, some of them on two ways are not going to play in that many games, but yeah, that again, could be the they're, one one of the, they're one of the teams that sticks out where they have nine D men. Like, yeah. come on, lads, sharing is a thing, you know. <laughs> sharing is caring, but um, yeah, no, for me, for me, they're going to be as you say, they're going to be fun to watch, and Cooper in particular could be absolute money at this level. Sorry, I was just going on Tom's point about there's guys in the ECHL that probably play in the Elite League with with worse resumes than Grant Cooper. I'm going to say it, and I don't want to. I've just had a quick look, and I found the first name on that list of people he outscored in the ECHL last year. It was Anthony DeLuca. I'm not getting into that, but that guy could play hockey in the Elite League. He... He outscored him. He knew him. how to party, though. That's what we're saying. He knew yeah, how to... <laughs> I'm not getting into that. But <laughs> but like you said, he's that resume. Be all the pucks and next to victim. <laughs> that resume is very much, yeah. He If he clicks, if he wants to, there sometimes has been imports in the past in the EPL National League era that kind of their resumes were arguably too good for the National League and it hasn't worked. If he comes in, and clicks that I I'm scared at the thought of a line of Kieran Brown, him and Cole Shudra. I really I now know what it felt like to be on the other side of the Malasinski now Hoog line. Yeah, and, and then you can just casually throw out your second line of Hayward. You can then casually throw out your, your second line of Hayward centering Adam Barnes and Zach Brooks. It's not bad top six, is it? No, not really. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going to say on that. Thanks, Oldie. You made me scared. We'll get you one of those shirts. <laughs> Mummy, come get me. I'm scared. <laughs> right, moving to the left, it's the Sheffield Steel Dogs. Uh, on defense, it's much the same as last year Lee Hayward, Jonathan Kirk, Ben Morgan, Tim Smith, Lewis Bell. It's a solid, well rounded decor that's been there for a few years now, and it was brilliant last year. There's not a lot else can be said. Forwards, uh, Matt Bissonette, we get another year of him. Jason Hewitt stays. Alex Graham on a two-way, again, with the Steelers. Be interested to see how many games he plays. Lee Bonner, who has been underrated for the last few years, finally breaking out into this league. 
Uh, for me, the interesting one is the second import slot taken by Vlad's Volkanovs, played in North 2 with the Ultra Maces before COVID last year with the Witness Wild in North 1, finished with 50 points, was one of the top goal scorers in the league. And of course, we can't mention the Steel Dogs without mentioning everybody's favourite goalie, all hail the Dimmy God. Hail. Hail. Um, sorry, yeah, they're running it, but they're running it back. That's the thing. The, the, yeah, the, the Steel Dogs are running it back. There's no reason not to. They can make additions through the year, obviously, with help and just the sheer amount of teams that are in Sheffield at the moment. If anything, they will get stronger as the year goes on. Yeah, I feel like initially their roster is going to kind of live and die on the availability of Alex Graham. I think the depth looks weaker without him. Oh, it would look weaker without him. He's a quality player, but I think the balance of that team was so good when he played, and that was a big reason why they won the playoffs last year and the Cup as well. Um, and yeah, Volkanovs will be an interesting one at this level. He's put up numbers at both the lower NIHL tiers in the North, so it'll be interesting to see how he fits in at a national league level. Another young, hungry import. I think he's only early... So having a look, he's 24. So another guy who's got plenty to prove. It's nice to see someone given a chance from the lower leagues as well. It's yeah. perfect for him. Yeah, and Sheffield's the best club to do that for. For me, I think they there is I don't want to say there's there's no pressure. There is pressure, obviously, playing for a club in the national league, but the Steel Dogs just it seems to be that place where some guys have stepped into that team and just been a success. Mm. Moving to the top of the league, then it's your two time reigning defending champions of the league, the Telford Tigers. Uh, this year, they've decided to actually name a backup goalie to Brad Day, giving him, you know, possibly a night off every now and then. Here's hoping. Uh, Ryan Lewis gets the job full time. On defense, again, it's very much the same. You get Deacon Fielder, Corey Goodison, Nick Oliver, Jake Price, Dan Rose, and the ageless Jonathan Weaver. And again, I'm going to be very disappointed if this doesn't catch on in Telford. The Colossus of Rhodes, Mitchell King, is the new signing there this year. He signs as his brother heads out the exit door. He's on a two-way deal, much like his brother, with the Coventry Blaze. He joins from the USPHL, Wisconsin Rapids, River Kings. Uh, six points to 31 games from a D-man. Tells me he's going to be a very shut-down penalty kill defenseman. He's six foot three at 19. He's going to have the wingspan of an albatross. Um Again, it's the Tigers' defense has been solid for the last few years. I see no changes there. Forwards, it's the same again, uh, but a few opportunities go to some youngsters. Thomas Byrne signs on a well with a deal with the NHL two Tigers. He came through the under 18s, scored again a handful of points in a handful of games for the NHL two side. Lucas Price scored a lot of points for the NHL two side. He is the little brother of Jake Price. He will get his opportunity in the forwards. Other than that, it's the same names again. Rick Plant's back, Scott McKenzie, both the Watkins, Jack and Sam. Finley Howes returns. Bailey Harewood stays after his year. Uh, the one signing, given the opportunity again, an opportunity from North One, is Dan Mulcahy from the Solihull Barons. He put up, I think it was about 30 points in the season last year. Very solid depth signing. You know, very low risk, high reward signing for them. It's a very Telford Tigers and Tom Watkins signing. And again... If they stay healthy, dare I say it, they could be up there again. Oh, no doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. I think that that team is, like you said, uh, 
run it back. Very run it back. Uh, yeah, they've lost Austin Mitchell King, but and obviously um, Jack Hopkins too are probably the two big departures. Yeah. But um, they're going to get a full year out of Vladimir Luka and look how well that went. Yeah, and Bailey Harewood. Yes, of course. So they didn't have for the full hit. Yeah, obviously the other two they've lost uh, uh, on defense. They've lost Thomas McKinnon. Um, he's I don't know where he's gone. Back to uh, he's back to America. Back to America. Um, and Andy McKinney, who's dropped down to D side um, this year. So that I mean McKinney is a loss. Um, again, we've said it with a few guys. Maybe a few too penalty, a few too many. Penalty minutes at the wrong times in the past, but and, and again with a penalty kill that was terrible. Yeah. yeah, but scores big goals for them, and that will be a loss. And the experience, you know, he's won everything. Um, so, so there is a loss, and they are they are on paper slightly weaker. I think just with what they've lost and what they've bought in, but they're going to be up there again. There's a reason they've won back to back titles. That I think. They're going to be right up there. And would you put it past them to go and do it again? No. No, you would not. No, nope. and I think that's um, that's pretty much Telford in a nutshell, isn't it? Would you put it past them? No. That sums up that Tom Watkins hockey. You write them off and they keep proving you wrong. Yep. Exactly. Right, so we move on to the National League expansion draft, as we should probably call it. Um Bit less glamorous than the Vegas, we get the whole Seahawks and their goalie tandem of Jordan McLaughlin and Curtis Warburton. They are the one-two for Hull and the three-four for the Sheffield Steelers. Let's not get into that argument. We could be stuck here forever. Um, defense again, it's very strong. Declan Barmer, Jamie Chilcott, Ross Connolly moving over from Telford, Bobby Streetley, and some other old Hull names, Tom Stubbley, Chris Wilcox. An opportunity given to youngster Oliver Pierce, who played for the Jets last year. Up front, Cameron Brownlee, uh, is it franchise co-owner Matthew Davis is there as co-owner and head coach and water boy and concession seller and every other job under the sun, probably. Jordan Fisher, Cameron Hamill, brother of Carter, who will be playing for the Seahawks rather than the Knights, again on a two-way with the Giants. That's not going to get confusing at all. Uh, Nathan Salem joins Sam Towner, moves over from Sheffield, and then we come to the imports. Some bloke called Emil Speck, is in Hull. Uh, he scores as many goals as he did for us. They're going to love him. And former Hull Pirate Andre Thamar is back. Thamar played for the Pirates in the 2016-17 EPL season and was terrifying. Yay! He comes back a little older, but no doubt still just as good as I quickly go and check. He played for Unia Ozicim in Poland, scoring 29 points in 30 games. He played for the Pirates in 16-17, and when I say he's terrifying, he scored 95 points in 51 games, and 52 of those were goals. Boys, aren't you glad he's back? Yeah, great. I was so delighted to see that signing. Yeah, we were so pleased. So pleased when, you know, not only have they, you know, signed the imports that we've let go, and that never goes well, you know, because... Whenever any player leaves the team, they always come back and haunt you. See Owen Griffiths for that one. Um, Should we start a list? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, Adam Harding. Adam Harding, Owen Griffiths. I mean, and then, so obviously, I mean, Tamar is terrifying. As you said, he 
can score for fun at this level if he's still anywhere near the player he was five, six years ago. Um, we know we don't need to talk really about Emma. We know what they're getting with him. They're getting a guy who can shoot the puck and yeah, shoot the puck as well as anyone in the league. Um, have to say, obviously, first the first league game of the season. Um, I believe Swindon Wildcats versus the whole pot, um, Pirates. No, oh, what? P in the pot. Yeah, that's the first 50p of the new season. Whole Seahawks. Um, yeah, good. So Emil, yeah, it's, it's got Emil Svek Hatrick written all over it. I was gonna say it's the, the revenge game. So I know, um, I'm sure our boys will be up for that, but obviously, Emma will be as well. And yeah, good luck having to block that shot now, lads. Um, but yeah, I mean, Harlow an interesting team. I think they they look pretty solid. Maybe lack a little depth, but they've got some um, real talent there. Obviously, we know defensively, as you say, it's a bit old school Harlow deck and Chilcott and others. And yeah, up top, a few interesting names in there. But you've got to think that you know Matty Davies passing to Tamar and or Emil, you've got some goals on that on a line there. <laughs> Yeah, Matty Davis picked those two signings and went, I'm getting a hundred assists this year. Yeah. yeah. And it's just nice to see Hull back in the and I mean, I suppose we it is worth noticing. Those that is a, that is a potentially very, very solid netmind in Joe. You've got two really talented young netminders. I know Warburton's year Tell that to the Steelers. Yeah. Warburton's year with the bees. Probably didn't go quite as he planned. He probably didn't play as much as he wanted. He got kind of stuck backing up in Sheffield a lot because of Ben Churchfield leaving. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a talented young netminder in McLaughlin. I think is potentially the real deal at this level. He looked really good in his. You know, he had a cameo in Leeds's Autumn Cup run um, when you know Sam Gospel was injured and they were rolling out a new starting netminder every weekend last year and yeah McLaughlin looked solid in that cameo and give him a chance to be starting every week yeah I think he'll be really good yeah and I think for me just to add on to the, what you guys have already said everything Matty Davis said that our whole team would be he's signed he's put his money where his mouth is he said it's going to be a team for the people that Hull can get behind you're not going to find better people to have than guys like Salem and Balmer and Tamar. It's it's very made in Hull. It's very made in Hull. It's very exciting. And you know what? They're they're gonna be they're gonna be up there. I think that much like I said about Leeds and that the scary line Davies and Tamar, it's just gonna give me from if it goes and Emil. Yeah, and Emil and Emil as well. I put an Emil to one side because what I'm about to say is that link up between Tamar and Davies is probably going to give me PTSD to Davies and Clarkson. Clarkson is a different player. Points wise, I can see it being similar. That means we can finally get to the last team of the bunch, and we've left the one we're playing this weekend till last. And it's the Bristol Pitbulls who, in their nice, shiny new rink, come up to the National League. Uh, away fans, you're in for a treat. The away block is interesting. The acoustics are naff. For the Pitbulls in goal, it's Tyler Perry, who's there as the backup. He mercifully came through his surgery to remove tumours from his spine, I think it was in the end. Uh, he will probably be backing up to start the year behind Will uh, Rockthrower. Oh, no, sorry, that's pronounced Curlin. 
I'm being tutted at. You know it's gone well. On defence, uh, the fabulous Bradley boys are there. Dan Bradley, who played for the Slough Jets last year, joins his brother Ed, who was on the Bees and tore up the National League. Uh, Reese Kelly, a relatively unknown, joins from North America. He is on a two-way with the Cardiff Devils. You get some of the... Joe Morris is the one player who joins up from the Bristol's South One team. Tom Ralph moves over from the Dynamos. He has previously played for the Steel Dogs, the Pirates, and the Bison. Sam Smith, the former Wildcat, is there. He was fairly good on that Pitbulls team last year. And Ben Solder on a two-way with the Manchester Storm joins as well. There's also two-way deals going the other way with Jacob Minter and Jacob White Say with the Slough Jets. Up front, some guy called Adam Harding, who, as you probably imagine, lives rent-free in Ben's head, joins a lineup full of, well, it feels like former Swindon players. Mason Lipsy, Bailey Hindpitcher, Josh Shaw, Jay Warren are all there. You then also have the likes of Steve Osman, who gets a shot in the National League. There's no way they're getting rid of him. Alex Roberts joins to take up an import slot with Owen Sobchak taking the second one. Uh, Sobchak joins from the... Well, he joins from the Brisbane Rampage in Australia. He had previously played in Sweden for Stenningsund in Division 2, where he scored 40 points in 33 games last year. And the other signings, obviously, Callie Robertson joins from the Dundee Stars. And arguably, at one point last year, the hottest goal scorer on planet Earth, Elliot Lewis from the Solent Devils, joins and gets a shot in the National League. They're going to be fun. That's a team I'm looking forward to watch on Friday, I've got to be honest. I really am excited to see what they're going to bring to the Link Centre on Friday night. Yeah. They're, 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 I feel like they're a team who are going to have goals in them. Yep. They're, defensively, they look quite young, but offensively, again, you know, on paper, Ed, well, we know Ed Bradley will score points for them defensively. On paper, I think Reese Kelly will, Ben Solder will. So they're going to have guys who are going forwards. Um. I mean, Owen it's, Sobchak, you are right, though. It, it does feel like a team that is going to try and win every single game 8 6. Yeah. They've got a young net minding duo. And that is not, I wouldn't say it's a weakness. It's certainly an area where they're going to have to accept again, as we said, you know, with Eddie growing pains, you're going to have to accept Curlin is going to be, for the first time in his career, in a senior starting role. That's going to be, we saw it with Rennie when he first came to Swindon. There's going to be growing pains there's going to be bad nights he's got to get through that um and the, the, the that team you know that team have got to let him get through that um you know earlier when we were saying philip martinek came through some weird leagues and it's hard to judge him no you were saying that <laughs> yeah, okay i was saying that and, and i think we said that last year it was a tough to judge a guy coming from those two leagues we raise you owen sobchak owen sobchak i mean just looking at his career He's played in the Pacific Hockey League in Australia, Sweden's Division 2, which I think is about their fourth or fifth division, the ACAC, which I think is the regional college lower tier in Alberta. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He, he, he looks, I mean, on paper, he's put up numbers wherever he's gone, but he's come from some leagues where it's just very difficult to kind of, there's no comparison. There's no one we can look at and say, oh, yes, I know a guy who's played in the PHL or Sweden Division 2 and has come into the National League. Um, he's going to be really interesting. Looks like a smaller guy on paper. I think he's listed at 5 foot 7. Um, so he's not a, you know, you compare that with Alex Roberts on their team, who's a big unit. But 
yeah, that'll be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. And it's, it'll be nice to get a new rink in the National League. But yeah, they've got, it's a young, hungry team, but there's going to be growing pains there, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think they they really, at the start of the summer, they they came out of the traps flying and the the pickup of uh, Ed Bradley in particular was one that really sent kind of, I'll say shockwaves through the National League. It probably wasn't that drastic, but, you know, it, it really opened the eyes up in saying Bristol are here to compete and they're going to, they're going to make some, they're going to make some moves. Uh, Joe, you know more about Elliot Lewis than probably anybody else. Uh, again, another guy that deserves that shot. And was it 36 goals he scored for Solent last year? 36 goals. He topped the South one goal scoring charts in the end. I think he was something like 28 goals in his last 11 games, including it's- six in one night. And just to throw it out there, he topped the South one goal scoring charts. That's a league that has Vanya Antonov playing in it. So yeah, Vanya Antonov exists. Scoring, okay, topping the goal scoring charts in that league is quite something. He is incredibly fun to watch, but he does have a let's say a tendency to keep his head down while trying to pull off highlight real goals. So he could get his head removed from his shoulders, which is what I would be worried about. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen. I'm also going to put a small disclaimer in here for myself it's gonna happen i'm gonna cost myself 50ps this year it's sean morris not sean morris that's gonna get real you think it's gonna cost you 50p wait until begsy's here <laughs> it's it's sean morris not sean norris and also not liam morris yes yeah Just that's gonna get out quite complicated but i'm sure Maybe after this weekend, we'll get our heads around it a little just bit. Just wait until former Milton Keynes and Hull forward David Norris comes back into the league just to really confuse everyone. And Neil Morris is back to being owner. <laughs> no, that's how that doesn't happen. Then we've got big problems in the National League. Yeah. That's, that's an emergency episode. That is just in itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, there we have it. That, Joe, that was knocked that out of the park after a summer off. Who who needs the the results roundups when you've got the roster roundup? Preseason, preseason. Who needs it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah, that's the national league. That's where we're at. Those are the teams we've got. Those are the players we're going to be watching, and it's going to be a fun year. Yes, it really is. And well, I is there think... anything else you can say about that? Really? Yes. <laughs> no, no, I don't think there is. And like we said at the top of that. I'm not going to go into a league table prediction right now. Let's see how preseason goes, and um, we'll get we'll get to that. I'm sure in a couple of weeks' time. Um, before we wrap this episode up, there's just one more thing to talk about. <laughs> Who wants to take the lead on this? Me or Joe? Well, or throw the fan in the works. Yeah, you want to do it, Tom? Not really. I think, I mean, I feel, Joe, it's your announcement. Do you want to just discuss it a bit and then we You can... want to discuss it or do you, want me to, do you want me to start it, Joe? You start it. So, 52 episodes it's been. 50 episodes for one of us. This is his 50th episode. Congratulations, Joe. Round of applause. We clap everything when we get anything half century. Anyone that anyone that spends summer in cricket fields know when you get to fifty, you, you clap. Because trust me, some of the cricket fields we've been, all of us have been in the last few years. That that's rare. Um, 
yeah, there is a departure from the Wildcast. This is this is Joe's final episode with us for the time being. I'm sure there will be scenarios where Joe pops back in, but in terms of a regular podcaster, this is not goodbye. This is very much a hello, and you'll hear him soon. Because as has been announced earlier this week, Joe is the new voice at the Bees. Commentator extraordinaire. And a role which Tom and I are very happy that he's got. Because this guy's deserved this shot. We've said it so many times. And I can see how he's reacting right now. And I know he doesn't like me saying it. Because it's the same as when he gives me compliments. And the same as when Tom gets compliments from either of us. He don't like it. But he deserves it. And he's going to be really, really good at it. And you know what? I like Gunnar Slough. I've got people in there that are friends. He's making me want to stay at home and listen to him. But I want to go and see him. So, yeah. He's not going to be on the Wildcast every week. He's going to be in Slough. Joe, I'm going to say sorry for what I just said because I know you hate me for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, obviously, thank you. It's um, it's a weird one. Obviously, this isn't something that's been you know forced upon me that I have to do it. I think it's one of those things where it makes more sense to just take a step back. Like we don't want the whole conflict of interesting and coming to that, but it was one of those things. Like anybody who knows me and listened or watched the Devils games I did in the COVID Cup knows that. You know, I, I gave my all into what I did with that. And obviously doing that with um, Dan Weller-Evans sort of presented this opportunity to me over the summer. And it was something I felt I had to do. I've I've tried so many times over the last two, three years to try and get a job, not necessarily doing this in the National League, or just helping out where I can. I mean, I've done bits with nearly two-thirds of the National League anyway. So to actually be offered something that is, you know, full-time, I get to do something that I enjoy doing. I get to do something that, you know, keeps me relatively switched on. And, you know, I get to watch more National League games again. It was a decision I felt I had to make, and I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Naturally, of course, I plan to have a life this year, which already means I missed three games. <laughs> so, well done, me. Thanks, past me. That was brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's going to be fun. It's a bizarre thing, you know. They're letting me have a microphone on a live stream. What could possibly go wrong? Hey. Nothing will go wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. I'm thankful for the bees for giving me the opportunity, obviously, and I look forward to not making a complete tit of myself like I usually would. And obviously, thank you to everyone at Solent because without them, I wouldn't have the opportunity to do this. I mean, I I started helping out with the Devils the year after Ben started helping out with the Wildcats because they were the team that was closest to me. And while it meant that, yeah, I couldn't go to as many Swindon games as I like to and be with you two, then it's led me down this road and I'm doing this now. It means I get to I get to have a little bit more free time than I usually would. I means I get to actually go to the link center again. I get to I'm guaranteed at least three games at the link. I get to go see my extended family. I get to go see my hockey family. It's it's wonderful. And I get to go watch hockey and get, you know, 
abused for doing it this time. You know I actually thought for a split second, I might get to go and see you two, is what you were going to say then. And I thought that would have been completely accurate. Yeah, it would have been a very me thing, but no, I'm actually nice, Steve. No, dude, you are. You are, and I know Tom agrees with me that you absolutely deserve this. Yeah, 100%. You've worked just incredibly hard over the... And people don't necessarily realise this, how hard you've worked on, you know, NIHL stats and doing stuff for Solent and doing bits and pieces of hockey here, there and everywhere in the last few years. So, yeah, definitely, you know... Obviously, very very sad to see you not on the podcast every week. It's we, you know, it's something it's great to do. You know, we're all good friends away from this and have been for a long time, so it's always nice to do it. And obviously, the the virtual door to the Zoom meeting room is always open um, for for you if you ever feel like jumping on and talking hockey with us. But yeah, no, hundred percent. The bees, the bees are getting a fantastic person in you, Joe. So. Yeah, you do say you do say the door is open. I have just noticed that Ben has changed my name in this group chat to Jodas. <laughs> that, that feels a little bit harsh. <laughs> Never, absolutely, always. There is a spot in this Zoom chat for you whenever you feel like it, and I fully understand the idea of you know kind of separating the two. And you know what, I do the same. Uh, if if it was that if she was on the other foot, so you know you absolutely go with both of our best wishes because you know what you're gonna smash it. You know you're gonna smash it, and I know that you don't think you will, but I know you will. And One of those things. If if fans who are listening to this think I'm going to be less annoying now that I'm not on it, no, it's the opposite. I'm going to be in the rink. <laughs> yep. And we're definitely going to get your thoughts on when uh, when Swindon have played the bees because at that point, uh, you know, we've actually all seen the same game, which didn't really happen that much last year. Um, it was a rare occasion. It was a rare occasion. I also feel like I'm going to say this as well to people out there listening. Tom and I are still going to be here. We're still going to keep going. Nothing for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. Sorry, MK fans. Watch, watch the listeners drop off now when we start fun, kind of like mumbling our way through results each week and you know missing games and getting messages from joe saying yeah that was wrong you know, um you know you know we t- you know we, how we traditionally end episodes yeah you get that for the result roundup as well now yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> aren't you listeners lucky <laughs> oh our viewers are gonna go through the pan um but no yeah we're still gonna and we've got we've got a few kind of ideas we're going to throw together or things we can do over the course of the season and and we'll see what happens but yeah i guess for episode 52 it's been a long one um but we've had a long summer off so yeah sorry um it's kind of our fault for, like, for not doing this as we go and yeah uh, yeah i have to yeah. do it all in one episode <laughs> yeah if you have stuck with us to the end uh thank you if you're going to return next week even more thank you um Will there be an episode next week, actually? Not sure. Doesn't help that one of us is moving house at the moment, which doesn't make things brilliantly. But I think at the absolute minimum, there'll be another one coming out before we take on or the return of Svek in against Hull on the, uh, the 17th. Please don't sing it, Tom. No, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> you look, you picked your mic up like you were going to do it. I'm if, if I'm sing. having one last thing before I leave, it's not the return of Svek. 
it's Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sweat. Okay, yeah, all right. There was that was an open goal, and you missed it. <laughs> Get used to that over the coming weeks. <laughs> We're going to miss a lot of them. Yes, um, the comedy levels are going down. <laughs> so yeah, I guess the last thing for me to say is that's that's Episode Fifty Two. Joe, thank you. Tom, thank you. Listeners, thanks for sticking with it. Um, I know it's been a long one. Um, until next time, we've got hockey back this weekend. Let's enjoy it. We've all had a crazy hot summer. So, you know, ice rinks. I'm glad you're back, if nothing else. Um, enjoy it. And we'll see you soon.